0: Nga hihiri, nga te hihiri te mahara Nga te mahara te manako, nga te manako te wananga Nga te wananga te matau, haumi e hui e tāiki e Kia ora anō whānau, nice to have you along again Um, This week we've got the fantastic Cindy Ruakiri sharing her thoughts Now the cool thing about um, what Cindy has to say from the earth hui last year at all? Why I? It really follows on nicely with some of the things that I had to say about missions history, and she's really, uh, really Cindy shares her story about applying what it means for her, even as a Māori woman, to enter more deeply into a Māori world. Um, the Wahine uh, Tōa has just some incredible insight, and an incredible heart, and incredible passion. And she's someone that, man, is worth listening to. Now, it's interesting what can happen in the space of a uh, of a few months because from what Cindy is sharing in her story here to what she's moving into now, Cindy's actually heading uh, back into a ministry context. And it's been amazing to watch her transition from what she's been doing to where she's going now. Uh, so... Look, take a listen of Cindy and what she has to say, and man, give it some thought. Hey, into how you can apply it into your life. What we are saying here with these podcasts, what we're saying with learning from a Māori world and entering into a Māori perspective. Look, on one on one angle, it sounds it sounds kind of. Uh, glamorous possibly or even like or exciting but the truth is guys this is very very hard to do uh, it's it's. Uh, it's not that the Maori world is hard, what is hard is giving up for most of us what we might take for our normal or take for our granted. Um, we actually have to leave our cultural norms, uh, the things that we just automatically take for granted about uh, about Christianity, but not just about Christianity, about our society in general, the way we perceive um, and the way our worldview describes reality. Because many a way because in many areas in our Western context, the way that we describe reality is not the way the Maori world describes reality and sees things entirely differently. So when I say it, it's hard to apprehend what we're talking about with these podcasts. It's hard for you and I to leave what we take for granted and what we take for normal. But I believe um, I believe what God is doing in our country right now is he's calling us to this path. For the last 177 years, Māori have had to leave their world just to participate in a uh, Pākehā Western world. We are in the area where um, Māori have done enough leaving <laughs> or enough laying down. It's now time for the rest of the country to catch up and to learn from what the Māori world has had to do for the last 177 years. So when it comes to the Christian story when it comes to Christian missions and when it comes to you know understanding that concept, Cindy is someone to be followed and I encourage you to listen to what she has to say in this cast. So um, kia ora koutou, kia ora whānau. Um, uh, I hope you enjoy what she has to say. Got ora. Of,
1: of, of these presence of God, the seed bursting forth again. And I just remember so clearly um, hearing stories about um, uh, Murray Thompson and Norm Tafio. And, and, and some of you will be familiar with these names, some, a lot of you won't be. But these are great men of God, Māori men who travelled up and down the country. Uh, Bob Kingy. And they saw radical salvations, having hui and meetings in marae, saw many Māori come to faith. So this is, we're talking uh, the 50s, the 60s, 70s. I got saved in 1986. And, uh, and really, the, um, you know, Te Waka talked about you know, the reasons that she's where she is today. One of the reasons I am here where I am today is because of a woman called Auntie Taki. And because um, I, I probably, if it hadn't been for her, I wouldn't have stayed at, at, at New Life, which has since become City Life, because it was so white middle class and I felt so out of place, you know, being a forklift driver working at McKitney's and coming into this, you know, hard out white culture. That And, you know, not only was it white culture with the, with the heels and everything and the 80s fashion, but it was, but it was also this Christian culture, which was just so foreign. To The world and walking into this thing, it's like, oh my gosh. And if it hadn't been for her, and I walked out one day because I, you know, arrived late, left early, and I snuck out, and she was sitting out in the foyer of the War Memorial Hall, and I saw her, and I felt like she, she was part of my salvation. I ended up going to live with her, she mentored me, she was a great and faithful woman. Um, her husband was from Pariaka, um, she came from up north. And um, so she she was incredible in my life, and and uh, she she introduced me to a man called Uncle Harry. Now Uncle Harry um, was from around uh, Ngati Ruanui, which is the south of Taranaki, and he used to go. He was old school Pentecostal Māori. You remember Uncle Harry? And he used to go into Marae, and and many people got saved, many people got healed, uh, along the similar vein of um, what's the uh, the guy that used to heal, you know, started with the cows and the cows died. What's his name? Western Carrier. Western Carrier. So he was long the vein of Western Carrier. These old school guys. But they had a simple faith of trusting and believing in God. They had a simple faith that the size of this mustard seed could be planted in the ground and it could produce something a hundredfold. Well, I think that we have to allow that sort of faith to be stirred up in us. Because you can't look what you see, you have to look at what you know. And I know that apart from God, this could never happen. I know that apart from God, we can never see a significant move of God in our land and our time, except for the Spirit of the living God blowing upon the seed that's been planted in this ground. And the seed is true. The seed is Faithful the seed will do what it wants to do the the seed is for a prepared for a time and a season and we have to trust that time and season where's where's ellie is ellie here Ali, I just—I'm so grateful for you and your journey. I just—it's meant so much to me. I've loved our journey together. I love your your wahine tour. I love your your whanau. I just—it means so much to me um, that we've been able to journey together. And, and but I just remember clear you said that when you first connected with Pariyaka what 1978, and the journey that you and your cousin. Graham have had it's taken 20 plus years before you could come to a place where look at that relationship between him and mutter but it took 20 something years we want this instant thing but we have to be be prepared for the time and season of that seed to blossom you can't make it you can't force it you know who knows when they really want that tomato and it's like oh I want that tomato now and they pull it off and it's green it's like yeah good luck with that (laughs) You've got to wait for the right time. You've got to wait until the time is ripe. Yeah. Then the, sweetest, the, the fruit is the sweetest. And I know that for us, that, that we are in this, this, this momentous season of waiting. But look at what he does in the meantime. He continues to grow us and, and encourage us. And, and, you know, he gets in his little fork and he, and he, and he causes the, what do you call it? The thingies of the dirt so that the air can get in and you know what I'm talking about. Because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really like a gardener. Everything I touch dies. I don't know why. <laughs> um, you know, but so he does that. And this, this is a little bit like that. It's like he's, he's gotten his, his fork and he's just aerated the, the, the ground for that seed just so it can breathe a little bit better, so it can come to life at its right time. See, and that's just confirmation right there. So you need to be encouraged about this kingdom of heaven moment, and I've been <clears throat> I've been on my own journey, and um, for many of you will know that. Um, so I was in, in full time ministry for many many years, 25 years. Traveled full time for 16 of those years. I got sick a few years ago. Um, three years ago, I, I got cancer, and so I went through a, a, a journey that uh, brought me to this place where I am now, in a place of of um, being cancer free. But it's changed my whole Way of looking at life, at God, it totally, completely changed my relationship with the Lord to a place of real beauty and um, and freedom and um, closeness. And <clears throat> while I was in the, this, this space, then the Lord um, ended up taking me into this whole new role. So I, I'm currently working in the area of uh, Māori health down in Christchurch or Tōtahi. And one of the, the crazy things that, which I think is part of this, this seed thing, this, like a mustard seed being planted in the ground. So I've worked in the, in the realm of the church for more than half my life. And um, so grateful for it. It's formed me and made me who I am. But you know, coming out of like the walls of the church and going into this Kopapa Māori world just it's completely changed the way that I see the, the way that God works and you know we talk a lot about church and I love the church the church the bride of Christ that's who he's coming for he's coming for the church he's coming for us but the church is more than the people that are in the, com- the confines of a building that are on the corner of a street and he, it's almost like he had to take me out of the confines of the church to take me into a whole new world for me to see church. You know this organisation I work for, Hiwakatapu. Tapu? I'm like the pastor of this organisation. And I'm just, it, I, I'm, I'm flawed all the time. I, get, I talk about Jesus all the time, seriously. I talk about it with the kaimahi, with my colleagues. I talk about it with the people I, I, um, I work with go out, well, we work among the poor and the marginalised, we work in a lower socio-economic group and, uh, down in Totahi. and because it's kaupapa Māori, you're allowed to talk about Jesus, <laughs> I talk about him all the time, oh yes I talk about the Lord, the Lord God, yes Jesus and, and they know, they recognise who I am. They know that I'm a follower of Jesus. They give me a hard time, you know. Even my um, my manager, because I tell her I pray for her. She looks at me, she goes, "Don't pray for me," <laughs> but she loves it. Because <laughs> you know, I've organised a little prayer meeting. We meet on Monday morning with a couple of other Christians that are there, and you know, they and they she walks, you know, they walk up past where we're praying, and they're looking in the windows as they're going past, and. And some have even come in, a Mormon guy come in and joined us uh, uh, some of our prayer meetings. And I've had amazing conversations with, with these, you know. Um, so that's what's going on. And I've realised this is church. This is, I've realised this, th- this building over here is church. So I just, I wonder, you know, because we see this huge, big shift that's happening in the moment. And I know, you know, a lot of you smaller churches, it's like the, these things that are sort of happening and it's pulling you this way and pulling you that way. But see, I think that this mustard seed is taking on a life of its own. But it's still being planted by the hand of the Lord. But it might be looking a little bit different to what we thought it looked like. You know, what is revival? We've heard this word, you know, for so long we believe this word. And I utterly, absolutely believe in revival. But I don't think it's necessarily the way that we've been conditioned to think it is. We've got to start pushing back the blinders to think... Well, what does this really mean? Because we've, we've gone down this, this, this narrow sort of path and say, this is right. You know, you're either you're in or you're out, you're right or you're wrong, you're saved or you're not saved. I don't so much believe that anymore. I don't, because this, the environment that I'm working in currently, I see God moving more in them than I've seen in some churches. I'm seriously... Now, I can tell you conversation after conversation. I was, I was talking to a, a woman that she, so she works uh, for, you know, the, um, women coming out of um, domestic violence. She said there was this bad situation that, that had taken place. So, um, and she was about to take this, this woman to this other woman's house. And she says, you know, because she's not a Christian, she's on a journey. She took this woman, she says she walked in the door and, the, and this woman was in the bedroom praying because she knew that she had to, you know, prepare herself. And so, and this other woman uh, 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 walked in there with my friend, Lysia. She said, we ended up having this prayer meeting. And it was quite normal, even though she's not a Christian. There's been times, because we have waiata, that's part of our, you know, I get, we get paid to, that's part of our whole, you know, kaupapa Māori. So every Thursday morning, 9 to 10, we have waiata. And there's sometimes, oh, we're, we're worshipping we're the Lord, and I'm sort of standing there, and it's like, I feel my hands sort of like going like this, and it's like, ooh, that's <laughs> right, where am I? <laughs> it's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. they just start going, because the, the presence of the Lord comes out, and they know it. And I'll see someone, they start shuffling up next to me, because they know that the anointing's there and they'll, they'll look at me and they go, oh, Curry." They, they come, they, we call each other Curry, which means friend. She goes, oh, Curry, I could feel that. <laughs> it's my church. We've got to start stretching ourselves to what this looks like, what it feels like, what it tastes like. And I don't know what that means. And I'm not, you know, I'm a little bit like what happened this afternoon. I'm not giving you the answer. I'm just placing more questions in your plate in your kitty. But we need this. This is what the early church was like. They were full of questions. And, and like Jay was saying, it's like um, we, we weren't born for the, to be center of society. We were born to be on the fringes. We work most successfully when we're on the fringe. And we've all been upset and terrified and we try so hard to get back into politics and get back into where we can be the most influenced. But that's not our strongest place. Our strongest place is on the fringe. It's also the place of most persecution. But that's what makes us alive. And all of us have to face some form of persecution at some stage, uh, sometime or another, if we are faithful followers of Jesus. It's just the way it is. And I'm not saying that you've gotta go into your workplace and you know, like be hallelujah, praise the Lord. This is the kingdom of heaven. And God has put me into this this portion of the vineyard and I just I want to to stretch your minds and your hearts and your spirits out and I know many of you are like that anyway but but I guess I'm talking to you know like for some of us who have been in Christian ministry for a long time and you know one of the things that, that's that's a bit perplexing for me at the moment is that when I every time because I've started to do a little bit more traveling and do a little bit more ministry and every time I get into this place I just oh, it just does something to my heart and I, you know, I keep saying to the Lord about actually coming back into full-time ministry because it just does something to me. But I know I'm planted in that vineyard for the purpose of pushing back my own blinders that I had because all I could see was the grid through the walls of the church and I only saw these ones coming through the walls of the church I didn't know their life and they'd come through and I might have a prophetic word for them or I might pray for them but then I never saw what they went home to and the abuse and the empty food cupboards and the life that they lived. Now I do, and my whole way of looking at life has changed. So I know I can't go back to what I was, but I know that I can take this, this, this um, you know, another um, story about the kingdom that Jesus talked about, the kingdom of heaven is like a good store owner who knows how to bring things out, both new and old. And I feel like he's taking me into this, the new to fill up my kitty so that I can help in some ways, I guess, the church navigate this next season because whether we like it or not, the way that we do church is changing. It just is. But that's okay because this is the kingdom of heaven always on the move. But he never changes. But it's always on the move. And the church is on the move. Don't be afraid. Because sometimes what we do, the more we get afraid, the more we hold on to what we have, which ends up the less that we end up with. Unless we can be like this and let go. And I felt that so clear. You know, one of the, uh, there were two times I felt that really clearly. One, one was when, you know, I'd work with Jay and guys like Luke, and, and we, we had a band, and granted, we travelled all up and down the country and all overseas. And I just knew the point had come when the time was over and it was really tough for me because these were my, these were my guys. We were the team. We were the band. We knew each other. I didn't even have to you know, go like that, do the whatever like, you know, the band does, the, the signals, like mm-mm. All I had to do was, hey, AJ, I just had to go like this. And they just knew. It was like, Or just changed my, my, my vocal just slightly and they knew that I was going to go, you know, that's how close we were. But I knew it was over. And it was tough for me because this had become who i was cindy the songwriter the musician the i'm not really a musician aj but cindy the song singer (laughs) and i knew i had to let it go but and i knew that if i try to hold on to it and i did i must admit i did try to hold on but i knew that it wasn't working anymore and I could keep holding on to it until it died and maybe we weren't friends anymore or I could let it go and trust God. So I did. And the second time came with my ministry, full-time ministry, it's all I knew. I'd been doing it for so many years. I was comfortable and I knew that it was over and I didn't want to let it go. And then I entered into that whole space, you know, like of um, having to go through my illness And I knew that that was the point in time where I could let go and let God. So I did. So now he's giving it back to me, not just tenfold, but a hundredfold. Because I know I'm in a whole new place in God. (laughs) But I've got this whole other uh, uh, arena, and I'm I'm desperately trying to learn how to, you know, that's why... um, uh, te waka and ones like Tewaka are so important because they're helping me to re-navigate my way back to who I really am as Māori. And it's so precious for me. So here we are in this space and we can be relaxed in this space to let go and let God And I just, I, I feel like for some of you, are in that space. And I'm not just talking about ministry or church. And, and for some of you, it is. It is where you're, you're looking and standing and wondering. It's like you're standing on that, that cliff top and you're looking up. And it's like you're wondering. You're looking up at the stars like Abraham. And the Lord is speaking to you. And the Lord is wanting to speak to you. And I feel like this space that we've got the rest of this night, this is precious. This is sacred for us. It's tapu. Do you feel it, the presence? And he wants to speak to you, and he wants to lift off that burden, and he wants you to let go. And I mean, I know it sounds cliche, let go and let God. But I think it's very true for us tonight. We can let go, allow the mustard seed to have its way, trusting that it's going to produce something much greater than we ever could have envisioned, or hoped, or dreamed, or longed for. But it's in the letting go that we get, not in the holding on. And I know that from personal experience.
0: Uh,
1: (coughs) Yeah, thank you Lord. Thank you for this sacred space. It is here we find our rest.
2: Sweep over my soul Holy Spirit, sweep over my soul Sweep over my soul Holy Spirit, sweep over my soul holy spirit sweep over my soul my rest is complete when i lay at your feet abandoned and yielded sweep over my soul holy spirit Sweep over my soul, sweep over my soul, Holy Spirit sweep over my soul, my rest is complete when I lay at your feet. Sweep over, sweep over.
1: If you're believing for healing,
2: the spirit of healing come. Sweep over, my soul. Come and sweep over my soul. Where our heart is
1: hurt, lay it down, lay it down. Confusion, fear of the future. the rest of the Lord come upon you tonight
2: sweep over my soul Holy Spirit sweep over my soul Rest is complete When I lay at your feet Total submission and yield
0: ladies and gentlemen, well that is the fantastic Cindy Ruakiri, Cindy is such an encouragement, she is such an inspirer, she is a lady that has, uh, walks the talk really and so I hope you were able to take some inspiration from her, really her story and her ministry. Like I mentioned earlier, Cindy is about to get back into the into the ministry uh, after Easter this year. If you want to get a hold of her or learn more about who she is and what she does, then go to her website cindyruakerey It's That's Cindy and um, get a, yeah get a hold of get a hold of her or uh, check in what she's she's up to. Please go and download her music. Um, she is one of. The forerunners on uh, uh, the gospel and and a mighty world for our mo- uh, for the for, for the modern times, so please listen to her music. Look, today's podcast is a short podcast, uh, just a nice and simple, quick one. Uh, I, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, next week uh, we'll be bringing uh, Mia Andrew Judd. We'll be saying a few thoughts. Um. It's it's just a it's a it's a superb superb, uh. It's a superb thing to listen to. So, um, uh, kakite ano We'll see you again soon, and we'll close out with a little Motetia from the Link album. Got it.